0: Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 580th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who's going to explain the definition of healthy in our soils and plants and what that means for garden pests and diseases. We're talking with Jessica Smith about the healthy soil, healthy plant connection. Jessica is a certified ecological farmer and nutritional therapy practitioner With a BS in sustainable living and living soils and a master's in soil science, she combines her passion to encourage the earth and its inhabitants back into a state of balance and vitality. She teaches regenerative and ecological gardening and farming in hopes to improve soil health, ecosystem health, environmental health, and human health. Jessica is also the co-creator and co-producer of the movie Grow Food, found at growfoodfilm.com. Welcome to the show today, Jessica. Are you ready to rock soil?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes, of course. This is. Thank you so much for having me. This whole experience has been a whirlwind. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved... Oil and I loved animals. Usually I was found in the barn playing with the kittens that were eating the mice in my grandpa's hay and just, you know, spending lots of time outdoors in nature where I was the most comfortable. And when I wasn't down there, I was usually raiding my grandpa's garden with a little basket and because I lived right across the street from him. Uh-huh. And nice. so, yeah, yes, yeah, so I started on my grandpa's farm as a, as a little girl and really looked up to him and Loved what he was doing, and I, I my favorite thing was just harvesting whether that was fruit from the trees or peas from the garden. He loved to just joke about how he knew I was out in the garden, he could find me wherever I was because there'd be a little trail of pee holes from all the peas that I had eaten on my way. <laughs> nice, so so yeah, I've always looked up to my grandpa, and he's really the one who got me started in this direction, kind of just opening me up to this idea that we are caretakers of the land and so when he kind of instilled in me this idea that if you take care of the land they'll take care of you it kind of really touched me as a child to to feel like there was this connection and that what you did like really did have an effect so you better treat it right you know just like you would with any good relationship So that kind of was my, my path in life was just nurture the land and all the beings on it. And then as soon as I was done with high school, I went to school for sustainable living and living soils. And that was the beginning. I met some incredible people. I studied with Elaine Ingham. She was one of my teachers at the uh, Maharishi University of Management. Amazing, amazing experience. I just can't Enough about my college experience, which was not the normal college experience. It was filled with meditation and like really good vibrations and support and care. Like the teachers actually cared about your well being, which is totally different. Wow. Um, and yeah, we were the kind of it's kind of that fairy tale experience where your, your professor has you climb up into the tree, the entire class climbs up into the trees and has plant biology class in the tree. So,
2: <laughs> wow.
1: I <laughs> loved that experience. It kind of fueled me even more. I really got to know about soil microbes and composting and how to, to transform all this organic matter into some really vibrant material. And so that was my foundation, was compost and living soil, this idea that there is a whole universe beneath our feet that's totally supporting us if we just give them the space and the environment to do that and to not just mess things up. And uh, yeah, so that's the the foundation. And from, from there, I went into nutritional therapy, and I kind of went into different directions to try to understand. I had some health problems, and that kind of shifted my focus because I was like, I'm eating healthy. Like, what's wrong? Like, I don't understand. I'm trying to be healthy, and, and my body is not doing well balance wise, so I had some, some bone problems and that's when I, I was like, you know what, I have to get down to the root cause of this and find out what's going on because the symptoms are just the messenger. There's something something deeper. So I wanted to really understand so I had some nutritional therapy. And it was there that I had my huge revelation just in class in general, we'd be learning about the human system and I couldn't help but have these, it was just like this download where I stood up in class and I would just say something like, oh my goodness, this is this is exactly how it is in the soil, and the earth went through this, and this is how it is with human bodies, and it's the same thing. And it was like so crazy, and everybody was just staring at me like I was an insane person, but it was so deep, and that set me off on a new spin where I wanted to understand how Minerals and microbes, and how the soil was a digestive system for the plant. And I just, I just like, this has to be like a thing. This isn't like something I've just realized. I know this has to be a thing, but I never really heard anybody talking about it. So that's when I eventually discovered the Bionutrient Food Association and Dan Kittredge. And that, oh my goodness, that was like the next level for me because. I had learned about compost matter and that compost tea was the solution for, like, everything. But we didn't talk about minerals. We had this kind of idea that microbes, you know, they'll mine the minerals that they need from the soil. Everything's already there. But I kind of was under this impression that if the minerals aren't available, it's not in our food, and we don't get them um, if, if our food's not balanced and healthy, from a healthy soil. So found the BFA and really dove in there started combining all the research that I had been doing and started teaching at the university of richmond to try to get them word out about this type of gardening that that makes food for people like that's medicinal and was super excited to to start doing that and that's when i also met my co-founder joe rignola uh-huh.
2: he's,
1: he's a beautiful beautiful person like i I just that man has has really helped me kind of grow as a person and and also direct my passions and and help get this message out there even more because when I met him and I started talking about because I was just like a virtual assistant for for his other company that he was working with and when I met him and I was nervous from meeting in person the first time because I was working remotely he just was, like, hold up, like, because I was talking about soil, which uh-huh. is my, go- my go-to my go thing for when I'm nervous around people, but he was, like, we have to, you have to, like, stop, and, and, and we have to, like, get, go on Facebook Live and, and tell the world, like, what you just said to me because you just blew my mind when I was talking about how the soil has the ability to basically solve all the world's problems, whether it's food, climate, water... All of that stuff—it's just—it's—I'm so passionate about. It. And he was like, "We gotta tell the world." And so then we ended up starting the process of creating uh, what is now Grow Food Film. It really combines a lot of the people in the field doing this. I mean, there's so many people who are working on this mission, but it combines several of those really like leaders who are are paving the way just to kind of share that wisdom and to bring hope people that there is a solution, just so happens to be right beneath our feet, <laughs> and that's that's kind of where kind of been putting a lot of my energy. And then I did have the opportunity to go back to school because I wanted to really hone in and focus on microbes and minerals and soil health.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So so I went back to school to get my master's in soil science, which I've recently finished, even amongst all the craziness things. And, yeah, so now everything's come full circle. I am back on my grandpa's farm, living right across the street from him in the house that I grew up in and starting a little mini farm, experimental farm, to, to really put to use all the things that I've learned and experienced and to really, you know, build and tend to this little plot of land and, and give my heart to it so that it can flourish and we can really give back to, to the planet and take care of our family.
0: Wow. that is This is definitely a passion project for your life, is it not?
1: Oh, yes. I cannot imagine anything else. This is what I live for. You know, it's, it's what fuels me, and I just really love soil.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. So you and I have a little bit in common, and I think we touched on this at our Edible Backyard Summit. You knew from a very young age what you wanted to do, as did I. I I started gardening when I was 14, and the only reason I didn't start earlier than 14 was because we lived in a townhouse, and there was no place to garden. So when we moved into the Weldon house that I grew up in, Mom said, see the right half of the backyard? That's your garden. Go start digging. And I was off to the races. (laughs)
2: Aww. That's so great
0: yeah it you know it is it's mostly it's a gift sometimes it's a curse to to have known since I was you know in my early teens what I wanted to do with my life but it sure has directed me forward and it sounds like it's directed you forward as well
1: yeah it's it, you know at a time where you're really trying to find yourself in college and stuff yeah. like that it, it was it was very helpful to already kind of have my own foundation so I didn't have to look outside Of myself to try to connect to something but I knew that I already had this connection and understanding and I I could look within to find myself rather than trying to find myself and you know and other people and and other activities but mostly I just found myself in the garden.
0: (laughs) Uh, Nice. Yeah. So we promised people talking about healthy soil. Let's jump in. What is healthy soil?
1: So Healthy soil for in, in my in my realm of what I like to think about is a soil that is it's gonna depend obviously on, on what type of soil you're starting with, but there's some basic foundations that apply for all soils that encourage health in our plants. And that's what I'm looking for and I'm talking about when I'm talking about healthy soil is a soil that is able to sustain a high level of life. So that would look like minerals, microbes, and organic matter, and some type of plant growing so that the living roots can feed those microbes and build structure, and the microbes can use that energy to also build structure, and then you have, you're building up the soil food web. So for me, a healthy soil is one with a fully functional soil food web where you have you know, homes for the microbes and and they can build their own homes and be cut and the soil's covered so they don't have to worry about UV radiation killing them off and it can stay moist so that they can move around because without water, there's no life. And that's really important. Uh, So it's a a rich, vibrant community that is um, able to transform those minerals into bioavailable nutrients.
0: And how do we make healthy soil if we have, like here in the desert southwest, dirt?
1: Yes, well, dirt. Thankfully, you have one component of healthy soil already, the dirt. And you have a foundation, a structure to work with, so that's good. You have a a mineral component of it. And the way to bring life into soil is by not disturbing it constantly, sometimes, you are started coming into to dirt and, you know, everybody's like, don't till, don't tell stuff But sometimes you have to disturb the soil. There has to be a slight input of chaos in order to find the order. Mm. And so if you are just starting with dirt and it's compacted and there's no no plants able to survive on it, sometimes you have to disturb it in order to inject it with some foundational components of life, such as moisture, organic matter, because if you don't have any organic matter, compost is definitely the way to go. If you can't grow plants initially, you might have to start the system. If you think about succession of, you know, of landscapes, it starts with bare rock and you got to bring in microbes and the microbes will start breaking down that rock. So If you can bring in food sources and organic matter for microbes to build their homes in, that is the beginning. And you got to keep adding organic matter, keep it moist until you can support some form of plant life. And then that is the next level of building healthy soil. Because a lot of times we think we have to have a healthy soil to have plants, to have healthy plants. But to build healthy soil, you need to have plants to build healthy uh. soil. So it's like a lot of times we just look at soil or we just look at plants and it's like you, like it's both the same system, right? Like yeah. it has to, like the roots inject the, you know, all the substances, the amino acids, the sugars, the carbon basically, and, and ton, they, they pump so much into the soil. But you have that life-supporting ecosystem growing where the plants are attracting what they need and then that is building the soil and, and taking care of, of itself. And so yeah, minerals, microbes, organic matter, water, keeping the soil covered and living roots, that's that's really the recipe for a
0: healthy soil. Well, and it sounds to me like a big piece of healthy soil is to actually have plants growing on top.
1: If you if you can't have plants have something over it, right? Have some types of organic matter such as leaf, um, leaf mulch, or straw, or, you know, grass clippings or compost on site where you are essentially layering the same things you would in your compost pile. And then, you know, some some people would spray that with some type of compost tea or, or nitrogen source such as fish product or depending on your preferences with that, just something to to speed up the decomposition, so speed up the life, so whether that's sugars and things to give the microbes, the bacteria and stuff, something to eat so that it attracts them so they will show up and then they'll start doing the work. That's good, but the, yes, the living plants on the soil is absolutely the best way to build soil.
0: Nice. That's This is the first time I've actually heard one of our guests say that particular piece. We've always talked about Building healthy soil by adding lots of organic matter, and this is just another way of adding organic matter.
1: Right, you're adding carbon because the roots. I mean, if you're going for a really healthy plant, they'll add like like they'll they're doing all that photosynthesis and they're creating all that the carbon chains and the sugars inside themselves. They they also pump a ton of that into the soil because. They're smart. They know that if they pump that into the soil, they're going to get dividends on that by attracting microbes to get the minerals they need or to go source water for them and to do all that work. The plants are farmers, too. They, they know. There's so many things in nature that it's, and, and life that are the same on so many different layers. You can apply things. It's the same blueprint. And so if we just understand this blueprint of life, we, we can look at things and start understanding them more deeply.
0: Nice. All right. <laughs> so we've added organic matter to make healthy soil. We've added plants and we're growing plants. What are the signs of a healthy plant once it's growing?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my favorite thing to see when I go out into the garden are these nice, shiny, glossy leaves that have a really depth, like nice depth of color. And, and, I'm looking for that glossiness, right? Because that is telling me that my plants are fat and happy because what I'm seeing is the this, this storage of surplus energy on the leaf surface. And that's what plants will do because, you know, they pass it on too when they have more than they need for their uh-huh. everyday functioning. And that's telling me that they're fat and happy. And that is the cuticle, And it's a, it's a storage place for them as well and protective layer. So it's telling me they're they're going to be more resilient to any kind of insects or disease because they have a physical barrier. But also my job is to try to keep that shininess because if they start going dull, it's telling me there's a shortage in the system and they're actually having to utilize, come back and take that energy back. Just like, you know, if we don't have anything to eat, our body starts utilizing up the fatty resources. So, my, my thing I love to see are those glossy leaves, but you also want to look for supple and strong stems. You don't want them to be brittle. You want it to, to definitely have that suppleness where it bends without breaking. And then you want to look to see if there's any insect damage or fungal disease or bacterial diseases. These are all those are signs that there is some sort of kind of deficiency. I don't think of disease as, like, the problem, I think of it as a message because it's just the plant is in dis-ease. Like, there's mm. something, something short-circuiting in the system where it doesn't have everything it needs, so now nature's cleanup crew is coming in because nature's saying, this thing is not healthy, it needs to go back to the earth so that, you know, it doesn't reproduce less than optimal seeds and and that kind of thing. So it's really... A sign that we need to look out for, honestly, I try to do preventative care as much as possible. And if I do happen to see something, an insect damage or something, I'll look at environmental conditions. I'll look at what the plant is telling me. I I love to see uniformly colored leaves. I like to see lots of earthworms in the soil. But really, that healthy plant, I love those glossy leaves, and I just, it, you can just feel that it's healthy. There'll, there'll be this feeling of, like, happiness and higher energy in the garden.
0: Yeah. Wow. And if we're not seeing that, what's our... Give me the top three things that somebody can do to improve the health of their soil and plants.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, to help, I mean, there's so many things you can do, but... If I had to do top three for healthy soil and plants, I would say number one is keep your soil covered. So if you're growing plants, but there's still bare soil underneath them, get some mulch in there, get some low-growing like cover crops, like a clover, like a low-growing clover, which is also great for nitrogen fixation. But really keep your soil covered because that's going to address so many situation or so many issues that could arise and create, you know, situations you don't want to get into. But they by keeping your soil covered, you're keeping it moist, you are protecting your microbes, but you're also adding organic matter to attract microbes and attract mm-hmm. earthworms. So that's number one is just keep the soil covered with something often optim- like if you really want to optimize it, something that was living at one time. <laughs> so some type of organic matter or living organic matter. Uh, If I had to do a second thing, I would say address nutritional deficiencies in a proactive way, like be proactive. So depending on the amount of land that you have or the size of your garden beds, you can do a soil test and you can see, but don't be hooked on soil tests because you can get back a perfect soil test but your plants can still be showing a deficiency. So you need to be proactive, but also listen. So address any mineral deficiencies uh, in your soil. And on top of that, make sure you are encouraging microbes. So I like to do a compost tea, which is, it's a temporary thing. You have to keep applying it. But I've noticed, I I love compost tea. No matter what anybody says, I love compost tea, I'm going to laying them like, That was my start, and I've seen results, so I I love compost tea, but also nutritional foliar sprays, so things you spray on the leaves and things you spray on the soil, you can find different different ones out there, but I like to make sure that it's a good, I use a good macro blend of the macronutrients, but also keep in mind the micronutrients because a lot of those are the missing link to helping the plant create the the complex compounds it needs in order to be resistant to disease and insect pressure. So I think that, I think that was the three. By yep, now, that,
0: <laughs> that, was, that was perfect. Keep the soil covered, address, adjust nutritional deficiency proactively and uh, encourage microbes using compost tea and foliar sprays. Awesome. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: So tell me quickly about your movie, where people can find it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the movie Girl Food is. They can find it GirlFoodFilm dot That's its home. And yeah, the movie is really something to inspire and encourage the world that there is a solution to most of our problems, and it's actually not that difficult. It's it's more we have to get out of our own way, um, right. and we have to recognize that our role on this planet is not to control it, but our role is to understand it and to support it and to encourage it into the directions, not to force it into the direction that we need. So when you push nature, it tends to push back. So the idea is to to lift it and to, to like encourage and guide it and then just support life. So the whole idea of the film is how do you um, you know, support life in, in the soil and, and that if we take care of the land, it'll take care of us. Honestly, it's like my motto in life and the film is, is there to, to help encourage and to help guide people into the right direction.
0: Nice. Well, thank you so much for doing it. And so they can find it at growfoodfilm.com? Yes. Excellent. And tell me about your online course.
1: Of course, yeah. The The, the film was this message of hope. But then we realized very quickly that people are going to be looking for like answers. So I wanted to do is I wanted to create a kind of accumulation of what I had been learning and and put it into something and deliver to people so that they didn't have to do all the research I had to do. So I created this course called the nourishing backyard garden formula And it really is, if you're into DIY level stuff, like it's super nerdy, but it also is, it gives you the tools you need in order to understand what's going on and to create your soil mineral mixes and to create your soil foliar seeds, how to inoculate your seeds. It just, it gives you everything you need and kind of uh, reduces learning curve from my experience. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And this is something that you created,
1: yes, um Joe and I created it as well. Um, that was something that we did in addition to the movie, just so that we could support people. We just want people to not only be excited but to also feel empowered and that they there are and it doesn't have to be super complicated. it's nerdy, but it's doable, and I try to pack it all into. So one course where it's got everything you need and you don't have to spend hours and hours on Google trying to figure
0: no. things out. Nice, nice. And it's only $97. You can find it at, yes. uh, at uh, growfoodfilm.com. And the product is, uh, the class is called The Nourishing Backyard Garden Formula. hmm Awesome. So I'm going to shift on you and I would like for you to talk about a time you failed how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, besides the the normal everyday things of being a human, that
0: <laughs> right? uh,
1: these these failures happen. But um, I feel like the the idea of failure is is it's only failure if you don't learn from it. So there's this idea of feedback versus failure. But I've definitely had a lot of opportunities for feedback, uh, and especially in my early early uh, attempts at gardening, all these different methods I've been learning, just putting them into practice. So I've definitely had my share of failures and opportunities to grow. Um, I think that one of one of my memorable failures uh, was when I was super excited about the concept of lasagna gardening.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I talked to my mom into it, let me try it out, and I got all the materials... And I stacked them up, built up the lasagna garden. And I was super excited, but I also didn't realize that what I was doing was creating the perfect snake habitat. Since oh I lived in the gosh. middle of the, yeah, I lived in the middle of the woods, and uh, yep. So I learned very quickly that if I wanted to do lasagna gardening where I lived, that I needed to definitely do it in advance. And process it first. So I needed to, to basically compost lasagna garden in place. I needed to cover. I needed to add moisture, cover it, make sure it had warmth, and it could break down. Otherwise, I was just asking for
2: right.
1: snakes. So I learned quickly that you know there's there's more to it than just you know stacking things up. There's a there's processes that have to happen and sometimes it's really good to think ahead and to uh, not be in a rush so I definitely learned to try to plan ahead and if I, you know that there's definitely room to improve methods for your area because a method is just an idea and you need to just look at your situation and listen to your land and environment and ecosystem to see what works for you Um, and I've also had situations with experimenting with worm composting Uh where i read something a method to to do worm composting it's like you put this shredded newspaper in this tote this little bin and you wet it and you add the worms yeah that's a great idea but when you come home and all the worms are on your floor because they weren't (laughs) healthy i learned very quickly so thankfully, I was able to it was it was a recent escape that they had they had accomplished and i I quickly picked them up and put them back in. But I learned at that moment to tune in and and realize like these worms are not happy. Yeah. let me take the time to ask them what they want and so the message I got was they wanted some more natural material. so I went to the forest, got a bunch of wood like uh forest duff and things from around the tree and broken down organic matter, and I put that in, and the worms never tried to get out again. So this idea of taking methods but also not being so strict and trying to just follow what somebody else tells you to do but to listen to the system, listen to the life force, and to to really feel out what is the most supportive for your situation, what's the most supportive for your your goals, but also um, if you're doing gardening or you're working with living things What's going to support life the most? Yeah, that's yeah. Those are some <laughs> wow. good learning experiences. One
0: <laughs> well, that you know in permaculture, the first premise of permaculture is observe, pay attention mm-hmm. to what's going on in the space. So, wow. And yep. what do you consider your biggest success?
1: Definitely the film, uh, Grow Food, because it's not. I mean, it's the the film itself and the message itself, but it's the idea of. Then I finished something that I started um, that was huge. It was a two-year project. I mean, we had gone on a road trip, interviewed these people. Uh, There's this one guy who's like the main guy in the film um, that we followed Jim and he was just starting to grow food and to try to create a farm and put an income and support a family and that was... A lot to to really take on and and follow somebody's story as they started and flourished and and all the ups and downs. So I loved being able to start with an idea or just a casual let's do this, but then it turned into something huge and actually completing it. That feeling of completing something that you started is that's what that that's a beautiful feeling. That's really yeah you're excited for the next thing after that, right? right. So that, that I was saying would be my biggest success is finishing what I started and also creating something that can spread across the world and help inspire people to love the land.
0: Wow. Well, I, I've not ever done this before, but I'm going to suggest another biggest success for you. And it's something you shared with me before we actually started recording. And that is that you've come home to your farm
1: yes i i yes that i feel like going through life and coming to a place where it goes full circle and you feel happy where you are is a huge success of of going out but going out to learn and to grow and then coming back in order to build on to the people who supported you yeah
0: and wh- what drives you?
1: Well, like I said, I really, really do love soil, and I, I'm super. I get so excited about serving the earth. And then also, sometimes I joke that you know, because when you have animals, you think you're like these are my animals. But I feel like I really am a servant to the animals because I want to help them live their their happiest fullest life and as well as my garden the plants in the garden I love them and so getting up and and just being able to commune with the earth like I'm excited to get up in the morning because I love going outside and I, I just love being able to give to the earth I love adding what I call like goodies to the land and then seeing the response from the plants it's like magical that you can you can like add something and then get reciprocated back like the earth. It's like, I feel like it's showing appreciation and then it just makes me want to give more. So anyways, I, I really love connecting to land and just being a caretaker.
0: Well, and one of the cool things in the, so we've been on for about 38 minutes. One of the cool things is that your answer to that question is so congruent with the past 38 minutes of conversation. You, I can t- I, I could have probably made that up and said that's what drives you so good on you for being exactly where you're supposed to be and loving it
1: yeah it's, it feels good
0: <laughs> nice and if you could recommend one book for our listeners what would it be and why
1: okay so I, I do have one book that I it might have been the time in my life I was reading it where it was a lot of the stuff was I was trying to pull together into something that made sense because I was getting into more of the energies and uh, ecological farming and connecting with the land. And there's this book that I read called, I think it's Stone Age Farming. And it was, it's about tapping into nature's subtle energy. And the lady's name was Alana Moore. And I really enjoyed how well she brought everything together for me. It was, cause she had, and it was funny because there'd be things that I had learned or just touched a little bit on when I was uh, researching, and then all of a sudden she would like reference it and be like, oh, my goodness, it's all connected and so cool. So I, um, that's, my, that's my book I would recommend anybody to read. I think my mom has it right now. She's like, Mom, you have to read this book. It kind of covers everything I've been you know, nerding out about to you for the last like several years. So, um, yeah, she talks about rock dust saving the soil, you know, restoring balance to nature and plant energies, all the cool things you could want to, to dive into. It's a really good starting point.
0: Wow. Stone Age Farmer. I'm actually going to look that one up. In fact, the reason that I asked this question is because I love to read and I'm always looking mm-hmm. for good books to read. So more than anything yeah, else, but... for y'all listening out there, that's you know, this is a good uh, indicator, but I'm always looking for books for me. So thanks for that.
1: Yeah, it's Stone Age Farming.
0: Stone Age Farming. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: Oh, man. Uh, My final piece of advice would be to take the time to understand um, the basic necessities of life because it makes gardening less intimidating. A lot of times we're just looking for, like, a Band-Aid to the problems, like, what kills this nematode, or what kills the aphids, or what does this, or, like, it's very overwhelming to try to fix all of the problems, and it's way, like, more empowering to just understand life. And that doesn't have to be crazy, that can just be... Okay, the soil is the digestive system. Okay, are my plants, uh, you know, is, is, are they too close together? Is there not enough airflow? Just taking the time to to look at what's going on and, and to maybe get a little bit of that foundational knowledge that, you know, the basic components of life are, you know, minerals, microbes, water, air, carbon, uh, sunshine, those types of things, it makes narrowing down the root cause of the problem so much easier um so my yeah definitely take the time to to understand the basics when it comes to that so that you can think for yourself and you don't have to just rely on outside sources of information but you can you can tune in and a lot of times find the pro- find the source of the problem just by just by uh taking the time to, to look at your situation.
0: Sweet. And I'll bet you cover a lot of that in your class.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely um, something to, to take small bites of and to to try to just hear the simple message of, you know, microbes and minerals and keep the soil covered. It's like the basics of life are all there. And, yes, the, the course is a great place to start, but it's, it's a lot. So I just ask people to, to just take it slow because i love nerding out but it's you know it's all something to just breathe through and take the time to just embrace the life around you not just the course but go outside and look at what's going on
0: nice 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 well thank you so much for joining us on the show today jessica
1: thanks for having me
0: and how can our listeners get a hold of you find out more
1: Well, you can check out the the website, growfoodfilm.com. You can also email me directly, jessica at growfoodfilm.com. I love hearing from people. I can never have too many friends and people to nerd out with. So reach out to me directly. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Nice. Nice. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Jessica Smith.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast.